Hello and welcome to The Artist Appeals. I'm your host, Erin Sparler, and in this podcast, we talk about the business of art. We talk about how to make money with your art. In fact, this podcast is focused on the seven steps to make money with your art. We talk about art, product, presentation, educating your audience with story, amplifying through automation, licensing and contract terms, simplified in plain English, and success. How do you measure it? How do you find it? In an attempt to put all this in context, we have been interviewing everybody we can get our hands on from photographers to designers, quilt makers, collectors, CEOs of big craft companies, editors-in-chiefs of famous art magazines, um, fine artists, everybody and anybody. We talk to them all seeking the secret sauce to how to make a living with your art. I'm glad you've decided to join me and I hope you'll enjoy today's episode. So welcome, welcome to The Artist Appeals. In this episode, I go out and about exploring. I go down to King's Courtyard Artists Collective in York, PA to speak with one of the founders, Heather. It's a wonderful, eclectic sort of place and I put some videos so you can see the artwork and the space on YouTube. It's a different type of place. A collective is sort of like a club for artists. Artists get together and they find a space and they rent it together and you pay rent rather than paying a gallery a commission to show your artwork and maybe sell it or maybe not sell it. And of course there's also no, um, it's not elite it's not exclusive. So you can show whatever you want. You can test new work. You can be untested. You can be untrained. A collective is a very different thing in this world of art licensing and galleries. And I think it's very special and unique and I'm excited to share it with you. So please help me welcome Heather Bowser. All right. Well, we are here today with Heather. Heather, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. So you are the owner and one of the founders of King's Court Collective. King's Court Artist Collective is our official name. Our website says King's Courtyard Gallery. It's www.kingscourtyardgallery.com. But our sign board out front hanging off of all says King's Courtyard Artist Collective. Yeah. So, um, and that's how we started our Facebook page. And I'm kind of, I'm the founder slash co-founder, but I'm not really officially the owner. The collective itself, we don't have a sole proprietor. Everyone that's here is their own proprietor in their own business. We're in some ways kind of like a flea market, even though we're, you don't see that when you're in here. You yeah, see, it's definitely it's not a, a flea it's market. A gal- it's a gallery environment. It's just a very large, eclectic gallery environment. So it's very it's very much like a gallery. But Well, and that's why I'm here today. It's, it's such a unique venue. You guys started this as a collective. How many artists were there originally? That When we first started, and why I call myself the co-founder, is that um, I had some training as 
a little bit of formal training as an artist. I went to Carnegie Mellon. I went to the San Francisco Art Institute. I uh, did a semester in between my, my transfer at the Penn, uh, Penn State University. Um, we we're in York, Pennsylvania right now. So um, I, uh, I, I I knew one artist. And it took me about, at that point, that was that I was kind of friends with or acquainted with. So yeah. it took me about, I had this idea. And I was living across the street from where we are now in a, in a residential apartment. Mm -hmm. And the area was kind of like um, undergoing a little bit of a change and over time. And um, a, 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 gal a gallery space kind of opened in the middle of nowhere. Right. There's, Downtown York was dead. It was completely years dead. And there was like nothing happening except everybody still went to Central Market at five o'clock in the morning when the farmers went there and bought in their produce and their Oh, I remember the Central Market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but that's totally changed. Everything's changed. So I'm living upstairs across the street and there's this natural concrete courtyard yeah. in between the two apartment buildings with like a fire escape that went down the middle and it was kind of my grandmother was on the first floor of the building I was living in mm -hmm. and then across the way was um, a neighbor and it was like a two two one three-story building one two-story building it took me about eight months to get in touch with this friend of mine I said listen I've got this idea why don't we like try to start like in this backyard area like a, an outdoor gallery you know or something yeah. you know what do you think about this so we kind of you know kind of threw around some ideas and the first thing we needed to do was try to find other artists right so i sent out on the quest of talking to everyone i knew and what we did was i i was thrift shopping at the time yeah um i looked for donations of like big burlap panels from um a foods a whole food store that they used to do um, flea market shows that they they used to put their brochures up on. Oh, you got I them put, to donate. Got them to donate those. Right put them all around, money. all around the space on the walls. And I at the thrift store, I got some light used, um, like oriental type rugs, like really big right, ones, and put right. them all over the ground and everything. Runners and rugs and everything. Uh -huh. I made flowers out of um of uh, because it was early. Our first show was in April. Of uh, what was it, 2004, I think it was. Okay. Because this is our ninth year in July in the building. So it was April. Thank you. So the November before that, we had our first meeting. There were four of us that started out. Okay. And um, we, and when we finally got our act together, um, it was just a little, small little, we were, we set up in, on the night of First Friday, which was the big deal in New York. Right. Um, we set up that night and tore down that night. So we were what they now call a pop-up gallery. Okay, yeah. So on that following June, um, we had a torrential rainstorm. And usually on the first Friday in June, there's always a torrential rainstorm. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like law, right? I don't know. It's really <laughs> funny. It always strikes me. I'm like, oh, this is how we started. So we had that show in the stairwell because I had signed a contract with Downtown Inc. at the time uh -huh. that in order to be involved as a, as a member and get advertising as a, a, a gallery in their for campus first for First Friday, you had to sign and you get a flag to put out in front of your space that we are a, a you know, participating member. Right. And I wanted that flag. I coveted that flag. I still have that flag. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, was like, it was like validating, right? Yeah, it was so validating. It was like, we really are something. So the so, so in June, and you had to be open every first Friday. So in June, we had our show in the stairwell. I sat on the step. 
I had um, popcorn that I, in a big bag that I was handing out in, in solo cups uh-huh. and a bottle of wine sitting there beside me on the, on the steps. And one of those disco balls that you buy at Walmart that just have the colors and I had that yeah, plugged yeah. in and like a radio or something. And I sat on the steps and like hardly like anyone showed up except the members. But we had artwork on the walls and I'm sitting on the steps handing out popcorn and cups and, and, a, and a cup of wine <laughs> to people. And it was... Solo cup. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's how we started. And then we were like, okay, winter's coming, you know, we obviously, you know, we we're, if we get inclement weather, this isn't working. This isn't going to work in the long term. So my landlord at the time, who had kind of like a vision sort of for, I think, generally what he would like to see happen, um, he... He's become since then a very big person in New York, uh, involved with lots of things. Oh, fantastic! And but he was it started out when I first met him. He was buying my the apartment I was living in from the landlord who had been a friend of for uh, over many many years. Mm-hmm. And he was the kind of landlord that was like you know if the plumber wasn't available he would come and fix your toilet. Oh, that's right. So, but he doesn't. He doesn't like. I don't even know if he touches toilet paper anymore. I'm, I mean, <laughs> that's he's not. You know, he's a very wonderful man. But anyhow, so I called him and I said, listen, you know, um, can we use this space? The, the people that across the way, we're moving out. Can we go indoors? He said, let me show you a place across the street because it's easier for me to rent commercial or to rent residential rather than commercial. So he showed me this space. Yeah. We shook hands at a, at a rent, rental price okay. out on the sidewalk. And I said, give me, you know. I don't know what it was, a couple, you know, two weeks or something, and I'll call you as soon as I can. Okay. So I got on the phone with the four people that we knew, or six people that was at the time, because we kept kind of picking up people who weren't paying any rent outside. Right, right. So um, it was just part of your And apartment. we called it King's Courtyard because there was a courtyard. Right, right. So you make do with what you had right. available to you. You right. had a courtyard off your apartment, and you, but you got that promotion of being part of First Friday. Right. That's and there was another, great. we were the second, there was another gallery in the neighborhood. Okay. So it was kind of like we fed off of each other. There was a little bit of like a competitive feeling at the beginning, you right, know, like, right. don't tell your ideas to so-and-so, don't tell your ideas to so-and-so. You know, everybody was uh-huh. like kind of competitive because we were, everybody wanted to make the sale, you know, yeah, so yeah. we wanted, you know, everybody was kind of into, you know, but because it was now not just one, now it was two, it kind of set up an energy yes so what happened was we got you had that that shake that hand agreement that you had to be here every friday so well that that handshake the hand the 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 flag and the every first friday open was it was a different organization the handshake was with the man who owns this property right i understand who actually oh yeah but that handshake did you're right it did make it put, put like it said okay if you're gonna do this this is how you're going to do it, and this is when you're going to do it, and this yeah. is your opportunity. It gave you a deadline. Yes. It, you know, sometimes deadlines are what it takes, I've found. It it's, was It was really, like, it was it was exciting because when I walked in here, I honestly, I had a vision. Yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you what the vision was <laughs> if you want to hear it because yeah, it's kind no, of funny. I'm kind of, I'm a, I did sell some, some, some artwork to, to the gift shop at the American Visionary Art Museum in Baltimore, so I do know, like, what visionary means. But anyhow, I walked in the back, and this wall that we built wasn't here at the time. And I thought, is we have like a two-foot window across the top of the back of the building. Yeah. 
I thought the whole back of the building when I walked in here, that this wall back here, the, this back wall was not here. Okay, so you built that wall. We built that wall, yep. Cool. So I walked to the back of the, of the of the space, the very back, which is not an office space around the corner mm -hmm. over there. And that leads out to the courtyard. Yes, and there's a room behind this wall here that has a window in it. Yeah. I thought the whole wall was glass. And in the center of that of that overgrown yard, where there was a brick wall that covered, there was no entrance to the backyard area. Yeah. I saw this bright wet red wagon in the middle of this yard. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody left their wagon here. And I thought it was just so beautiful. And I was like, when I, when I came back to look at it after we had rented it, I'm like, gosh, that wagon is all dilapidated. And where's the red wagon? So I had seen a vision of, of something almost kind of like being reborn or rejuvenated or whatever. We oh. still have the wagon. We, we took the wagon out and we saved it as a like as special memory. But um, anyhow, we got we made the calls, got the numbers and we opened. That is incredible. We didn't miss a beat. We, we figured out a, a way. It started off as like seven or eight members. We split the spaces up to you had you, you rent into a certain amount of floor space and wall space. Um, I think we had one space for $50. All the rest were either um, 75 or 150 depending on how large of a space it was. And we had just enough money to cover rent and utilities. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we all pitched in, I think, 10, 20 bucks or something for first Friday for hors d'oeuvres. And right. that was the beginning, but we've gone to a lot of changes since then. <laughs> okay, so it's been nine years now that yes. you guys have been doing first Friday. So you do 12 shows a year for first Friday, right? We're, and we're open throughout the, throughout the month. Yeah, and then you're open during normal business hours, right? We're open Friday. Right now, we're open Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. Right. But we're, right. we're trying to increase that. Well, it is the pandemic right It's the now. pandemic. <laughs> we were closed down for a while. But honestly, we there there's more established parts of New York that get, a lot, that, that get more foot traffic because they have – Central Market is a big draw for people when they, right. when they come to New York. Everybody knows about Central Market. It's very old, isn't it? It's very old. It's like from the 1800s or even before then. And it might, I think I would have to go into history books about it. But, I mean, yeah. anybody could, could Google Central Market in New York PA and find yeah, out. Yeah, well, yours is surprisingly old. It was like the first capital. The first for, capital. What, like a week or two. Yeah, we were, the, we were the first place where they referred to us. I think it was in the art. You know this when you live in New York. In the Articles of Confederation, they referred to us as the United States of America. That's what we, and we were. So we were one. We were the first place where the Continental Congress met. I think yeah. to write to draft those articles. The and and they came over the river over the Susquehanna to escape, um, the the um the Brits the redcoats yeah. like yeah. you know the yeah. English army. So the market's very old, and there's a lot of galleries down there. And York is really having a rejuvenation of, yes. of the gallery scene. But I love the fact that this gallery is a collective and it's a different, it doesn't have the hoity-toity feel of, you know, uh, a New York gallery where it's all whitewashed and it's very elite and very high end. It's a collective and it's a different approach to making um, a living and it offers opportunities for artists. You know, Christine was telling me that a number of your artists have gone on to bigger and better things. Like they've kind of gotten their start here, learning, showing their work, learning how to present it, and then expanding outwards. Yes. 
Um, we've been called, we've been referred to as an incubator by the person who actually rents the that rents is our owner as oh, far as the property goes. Yeah, because that's I mean, and I wanted I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, what we started off as and what really has kept us alive, and we have we have made a lot of um, evolutionary changes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just had to change um, with the times and with with our financial situation. Right. Um, but um, so. In the beginning, um, it was very much about community, and the artists that were involved were people that either didn't see how they could find the opportunities. There's a lot of hoops to jump through, and you show your work in a gallery for like you go through a lot of like preparation as far as like resumes and artist statements and photographing your work correctly, and all of these things that you have to do. Not to mention the cost. The cost. They 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 take permission framing. Yes, absolutely. And you have no, you have no guarantee that you're going to sell it. Right. So you're really kind of like, you know, and there we had a lot of artists who really didn't like consider themselves artists. You know, they were like, well, you know, I kind of do this, you know, sometimes as a, you know, it's like kind of what I do. So we were a place where um, people came to, um, in, in the beginning, the front gallery was a rotating show. Every month we had a new artist. Okay. And one of our members was in charge of, well, some of us, you know, knew some people that could help. Mm-hmm. Um, find people, but we had an artist who went around looking for people to show their work. Okay. And so, and then the rest of the gallery was once you became members, we had a, a process where you just brought in your artwork and you met all of us. Yeah, tell me about that process. Um, people would, uh, for example, um, we would have a, a space open. Okay. Someone would make a presentation basically with their artwork. It wasn't a photograph over the phone or online or anything. They would just bring you Physically stuff. bring in the work. We would meet them person to person, talk to them. You know, very simple, like almost like a job interview, but like much more friendly. Yeah. You know, yeah. like all laughing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, so, and sometimes we would make, we always tried to say, you know, let us think about it and we'll get back to you tomorrow. But most of the time we were all so excited about the person yeah. that we were like, sure, yeah, come on in. And, you know, one of the things I think that, that that has allowed us the longevity is the sense of community. Mm-hmm. Because, honestly, for in the very beginning when there were only two galleries down here, sometimes people actually, we used to call it make our rent. Like, that was something you did on First Friday. Yeah. Because that was the beginning. That was the most, the most that was the busiest time of the month. Right. And some people would, like, sell one or two paintings or drawings or whatever sculpture whatever they were selling and they would make their rent and that was like the big deal you know right, right. i made my, made rent. my rent for the month yeah the yeah so and um but then i was thinking about it because there's so much competition now in the city yeah for um and then with the pandemic it's, it's true too but what kept us going for so long was not so much about it wasn't so much about making the money which is it's becoming more about that, and we are changing to meet that that need. Right. Um. It was about the sense of community. Yeah. Having people that you that you really liked and enjoyed being around, and having a place where you could become a member, put your work on the wall, and once you were a member, as long as the work was family friendly, mm-hmm. and we all like got along, and you paid your rent. You could stay. You could change your work as you wanted to. There were no. There's no reason. There's no rules about. You have to change it by this amount of time. We have some work that's been hanging on on walls since, like, almost since we've been open. <laughs> like, one or two pieces I can point to you and go, that's been here for nine years. <laughs> but you know what but, about home? 
it is. It, it was a place where you could start. It was a place where you could like start your resume. And there's yeah. there's other there's other venues or other spaces in this just in this neighborhood where where there's is a sense of community where you can go next door or down the block and say, listen, I have, yeah, and you can learn how to uh, professionally approach galleries. Right. Meanwhile, you're already a member of, of a, a, a gallery that's well-respected, yeah. even though we're set up in a different way. Um, and you can do the regular, normal thing, but you can learn in this neighborhood yeah. about how to, what, what it takes to be a professional artist. Well, I think it's really fascinating. So on the appeals podcast, I always use this acronym, appeals, and it's just to um, organize all this information. We talk about art. And this this gallery promotes what they call like outsider art yes. or um, what's the other name? Visionary art. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's eclectic. It's um, rough. Sometimes it's untrained, but there's also sculpture of wood and there's everything. Anything goes, right? Yes. And then P, we normally talk about um, products. We've got a lot of products here for everything from jewelry to tart car magnets to prints, right? So people can experiment with their products. That's another thing that makes us unique is that we've talked to about how some uh, an artist who's more well established could be like, listen, I want to kind of do something a little edgy. I want to kind of break the borders, but I'm not really ready to go to another gallery for this. Our our rent rents right now are very inexpensive, especially for someone who's you know making plenty of money in anything mm-hmm. they're doing. They can rent a space and just put up like crazy work that's totally outside of what people are norm- normally seeing. So it's a safe and, haven. Yeah, too. yeah, it's, it's a place where that. people get to experiment as if they are artists who like have a a following and a reputation that they could come in even under an alias, maybe. I oh, mean, cool. theoretically. I like that idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we have our community art wall where, like, artists from the community can hang one or two small pieces for free, and then they get all of the money. That's another thing. Oh, when you pay about that. When you pay your rent, we don't take any commission. You're, you're in charge of, you know, paying your rent and then wow. collect your rent. So you get a hundred percent of the profits of the proceeds from any art you sell. Exactly. Um, and you know, most galleries, it's like 50%. Right. Normally Which isn't 50% of any sale. That's right. standard. Right. Sometimes it's even Plus more. you don't have to like be out the door in a month or two. Right. Oh, you so can, there's no we have artists that I've been here for the, over nine years. We have uh, the, the person I call the co-founder. He's been here over nine years. You have people that have been here a, a month or two. You have people that have been here seven years, six years, five years, up right. you know, all over the spectrum. And um, and it's been like a, different people have come through here. And you see the the results of the efforts that they've put in mm-hmm. while they're here. And, and you know, so, so a lot of people throughout the years have, like, donated. The thing I wanted to get at about this, just one thing was that, that sometimes for us, it's not necessarily about making money, even though we want to be more oriented towards that. It's about the sense of community. Yes. With the now, artists. And that, that brings us right back around to that statement you said about the community wall. Right. Tell me about the community wall. Well, we, in our artist, um, our artist, what is it called? Our artist not statement, um, our mission statement. Right. We want to make arts accessible accessible to the community at large. And this is what one of our goals is to support each other 
and be compassionate to each other and make the arts experience accessible to the community at large. I think that's part of the reason why, I don't know how we did it, but you walk in this gallery and you feel like nobody's going to yell at you if you take a picture of something or you touch something. Yeah. You know, you feel so, people love the energy in here. They're always like, oh, you guys have such a, you know, welcoming feel. It's very homey. You've got these lovely old chairs that are like covered in velvet and just well sat upon and it's it's a great space. The rough walls, the brick, there's brick walls that are painted. It's 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 just yeah. Very so we funny. had we had a space that's not well lit, that we that was kind of like a little hallway, and we 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 didn't feel like we could really rent it out to anybody. So I thought, you know, why don't we, you know, make this this is a way we can, you know, finally do something for the community. You know, anyone, it was an idea that kind of we were, we were toying around with in the very beginning. And one night, uh, a nine-year-old young man who, with his mom, were regulars. We would see them every first Friday. Aww. And he brought in, up. it was at least one painting, it might have been two. And he was like, you know, can I hang these paintings here? Aww. So he was, he was our first, our first community artist. And I think one of his paintings might still be Oh, that's super but he did sell one of them so you know i mean it's it's exciting i mean yeah some of our some things can go flying off the community wall some i mean sometimes you know it's it's just you know so the community wall is somewhere that anybody can hang anybody can hang right aids or... training there's there's like uh what you would call like refrigerator art back there right now mm-hmm. i mean personally i have um because I sometimes work on paper. Yeah. But I can't. I always necessarily even afford to have something wrapped in a clear bag with um with with foam core behind it. Yeah. I will like I will take tacks or nails and put my paper artwork right up on the wall. There was a, there's a woman I that people from New York may remember Kitty Peters. Okay. She was an art. She had a gallery. Rob Evans was one of her um people that she worked with. And she came in here one day because I worked when I was in high school. She was like the gallery in town. Right, right. And so the this is like the only town. gallery in town. It's like eighties or something like that. And um, and she came in here one day and I'm like, Kitty, I remember you. You were so ahead of your time. And she said, I always told people, don't ever invest in 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 framing your artwork because eventually you'll have to put your prices up, and the people aren't going to like your frame anyway, and they're going to take it off and get it reframed, and you're not going to sell it because it's too expensive. Because you you framed it yourself. <laughs> okay. So she was like, you know, if you can frame it yourself, do it. If you can't frame it, just sell it unframed. Yeah. And she talked about people having canvases and they just tacked to the wall. Wow. And and sold. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I do know that um, I have done a, like a, a little research project with this entrepreneurial incubator up in Pack. Uh, many, many years ago, I'd hung a bunch of work when I was first starting out, and I had it matted and framed, and all the mats were different colors. Um, and they took this survey of all these women entrepreneurs that were coming to counseling for how to start a business, how to start up, how to get funding. Right. And they asked them, they gave them the survey, you know, would you hang this art? And they all pretty much said that the mats might or might not match their decor. Oh, yes. And so that, that really resonated with me. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. And they have couches. They have a color right. scheme. Right. So using a colored mat or a, a loud or a big frame 
would really be off-putting to some people. It's really tricky, and there is there is a certain logic, like you'll see right behind you, to having canvases that don't have frames. Here you have some beautifully framed canvases. Yeah, yeah. But that might not be for everybody. Yeah. Those are like pretty much classic standard frames. Yeah, one then, of them's gold, one of them's black, yeah, one of them's... brown, like natural wood color, like with a little stain on it. But those would be like your normal, traditional... I don't want to say Lancaster County because or whatever. I mean, yeah, there were there landscapes. There yeah, oil painting landscapes. Yeah, or the and then behind you, you see um a whole bunch of like acrylic abstract paintings that have no frames. Yeah, and they're um, a lot edgier. They're a lot more modern, mm-hmm. kind of grungy, yep. street art style. But they allow the 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 possible consumer to say not only different styles, but I these this is a painting that I really like this painting and I can even if it doesn't quite match your color scheme if you're buying the painting for uh, and everything if you'll notice in here the prices are very reasonable yeah you buy the painting you get it framed in however you want it framed and you're still saving a lot of money and yeah and, and it ends up matching your yeah your house yeah. so. So presentation is that second P in the appeal system. So we talk about art, we talk about product, we talk about presentation, and this gallery really breaks so many of the rules. I love it. it. Well, it does, and it's also, it's, it's, it's interesting because we're going through, one of the transitions we're going through right now is like, we're trying to professionalize. Right. We just, ha- we had a Facebook page for a long time. Someone was like, oh, you have to have a Facebook page. Right. So we had a Facebook page for years. And, and it was sometimes we would have volunteers to work on it. Sometimes we would go long months where mm-hmm. no one wanted to work on Facebook. Because everything's volunteer. All the the manpower that goes into this, the working on, on to, to have open hours. Right. Um, the, the A lot of times, like changing of the light bulbs, fixing things that if we have a handyman, as an in-house artist, you know, they'll, um, we had one man who did a lot of work around here um, over the years too, and other artists have too. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, we, um, uh, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Well, actually, it's a perfect place because it's, it uh, the professionalizing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we have to, we have to educate and you guys are really an educational, you mentioned before that you're almost like an incubator. Mm-hmm. And because the artists are part of the collective, they pay a rent, they have a vested interest. So absolutely, they're all learning at the same time. And and we are all learning and evolving at the same time. At the, at the beginning, we were just excited to have our work hanging. Yeah. Now people are like, you know what, especially with the economy the way it is, I really, you know, I'm having trouble paying my rent and I'm not making as much money to, to cover my rent anymore. And I'm wondering, you know, you know, I've been here so long, should I stay? So the, the thrust right now for us is like, okay, how can we sell more work, you know? Are you enjoying the Artist Appeals? I know I love recording it. This is just a quick break to encourage you to get your free download of the top four things that you can do to make money with your art at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. So get your free download at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com today. And now back to your regular program. So we uh, so we started our website. We 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 we're doing different things to try to, like to to sell and to, to promote to promote, um, with and different and looking into different opportunities for that, putting the ear to to each other. Like, okay, what do you? What's going to make you stay? Because we need 
people to stay here, to stay open. Because without our members, we can't pay the bills. Right. We, we, we're practically a nonprofit. We only take in enough money to pay the rent and utilities. That We did not make a profit. Nobody is making a profit off of anybody in here. Right. Even me. Like, I do not profit off of anyone selling sales. You know, the only profitable thing is the maybe the volunteering you know people that volunteer and do the work around right, here right everybody but everybody profits from that because everybody is like you know gosh i'm glad somebody cleaned the floors you know even if uh-huh. it wasn't them right. somebody did so you right. know and we have to thank those it's people. a collective everybody helps out right so really you guys are in the next stage where you're looking at educating your your artists but you're also looking at amplification which is the a in the appeal system which is how do you get bitter? How do you get bigger? How do you amplify? How do you sell more or market more? That's where we are. be overwhelmed because there's so much to be done. There's right. social media and there's this and there's that and the right. other thing. And there's pay to play is what they call certain advertising. When you pay to advertise, they call that pay to play. But then there's organic outreach, which is social media. And so... Um, I know you and I are talking about running some programs to do um, photography to help artists learn how to photograph their work right. and then edit it and get it on the website. Well, another thing I wanted to point out, too, and I would love to be able to, we used to have meetings. Everybody's schedule so crazy right now that people yeah. are working like 60 plus hours a week. It's almost impossible to get people together. But just just right before the pandemic hit, this neighborhood had just finally filled in. It had taken eight years, now almost nine years, for, for this neighborhood, for all of the restaurants, gallery spaces, bars, mm-hmm. microbreweries, cigar shop, er, galleries. It had taken this long. It wasn't like, a, you know, we'll make it in, you know, five years. We've got five years to make it. We had to make, we had to wait until, like, the neighborhood grew up around us. Right. So we were in a very kind of tenuous position, mm-hmm. and now is our chance because finally people we're let, we're a destination now. We are we are complete. Yeah. So I love it. You're complete. I mean, but you this is our me. yeah. <laughs> this is our, this is actually we're kind of like we're at, at our start again because we didn't have uh, a place for for foot traffic before because there was no place to walk to. Yeah. Now there are places to walk to. There are places to get a drink. There are places to get a cup of coffee. There are places to sit down. You know, yeah. I mean, we did not have that before. Right. And we, we've got so but much. it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. We, a lot of times it's with the arts. It, it is. It is. And a lot of times that's what I say for us in the beginning, even though, you know, everybody was excited to make their rent. It was the sense of community and friendship and uh, among the members and, and the neighborhood and our regular customers and or the other artists that would come to see us on first Friday, um, our friends and family that that made the reason for us to be open and made the reason for us to say, you know what, I'm losing money, but look at the the blast I'm having on on first Friday playing music with my friends. Yeah. Or talking, seeing so and so. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in three months. How are you doing? You know, yeah. there was so much of a social community aspect to it that for me it made it worth the money. And you know what? It- that community drew that creation of a community drew the other businesses in the right. cigar shop and the cantina and the bar and the 
dark you know, parlor high venture yeah element yeah parlor many, was the first one. how many um shops and galleries are here now like, well there's collusion the micro oh, if i say everything i'm gonna miss somebody oh, never mind never mind you know you'll, i gave you a map you'll have to walk around because i'm gonna that, put the map on the website there i think the yeah. royal square uh the royal square business district somebody if you check with parliament down mm-hmm. there they were the first gallery they're a nonprofit arts organization they do mostly. They do almost. They do all of the organizing right now for the city of New York for their for most of their their uh, projects that they do, like the, oh, the river okay. walk and everything. They they will be the clearinghouse for information for you for what is here. I'll check them out. Yeah. Now, um, talking about amplification and getting bigger, you guys have some amazing murals outside, and I took mm-hmm. a video. You guys can see some of the murals in the courtyard, and that's not all of them. She gave me a map. I'll post the map. There's like what. A dozen, At two least. dozen yeah. now right. around here now. Yep. Mm-hmm. When did that start? Like, how did well, um, you guys say, oh, did you paint the wall first? Because you said you guys were some of the first in the courtyard. Well, um, gosh. When did mural project start? It was, it's, it, there's been a, it's, it's been an, uh, this whole, it's an, a constant evolution, not only in our gallery, but in this neighborhood. Yeah. There used to be tons of trees out back here and some of the stumps you can still see. Yeah. Um, and they were causing problems with the drainage on the roofs and the, we had mosquitoes breeding in the rain gutters because they weren't being cleaned out properly every, because right. that's a really small space for trees back there. A ton of trees. An entirely enclosed courtyard. Yes. And when you, when there were, there were a ton of trees, there was a big pine, there's a ton of trees back there. I don't know how many there were, but let's say at least like eight trees. Okay. okay. Maybe, maybe less more. Some of them are still back there. Yeah, they were the great. They were Beautiful. great for shade because it was nice to go out the back door and have instant shade. Now you go out the back door; it's ninety-five, eighty, or ninety-eight degrees, right. and you feel it. Right. <laughs> right. So it's it's a little bit different, and we have to plant different plants now on on our patio mm-hmm. because it's not a shade patio anymore; it's a sun full sun patio. Right. So um, but so the back. The first mural was the big owl mural in, on the back. That is gorgeous. That's got to be and like 20 feet tall or that like was 50 the, feet wide. Yeah, that was the first mural out there. And then we commissioned that same artist to do along our low wall. Where First of all, the, the back wall where there's a gate now to come into the right. courtyard area. That was a solid brick wall. It was one brick thick. Um, and I looked at that one day. I was working at the gallery and I was like, I can see through this and it's one brick thick. And there are holes you could see through it. So I walked down, and at that time, the corporate office was just like a storefront, okay. two doors down. Knocked on the door, owner's right there, like, his desk right inside the door. I'm like, hey, let me show you something. And I said, look at this wall. I'm like, you can see through it all over the place. This is going to fall on somebody. Right. It's like, hmm, you're right. But by tearing down that wall, it created a place where people could come into this space. We were landlocked. Like, right. We, we couldn't get into the courtyard area. And it's funny, we have our name, King's Courtyard, and there's actually still a courtyard. So we, we kind of lucked out with that. I love the courtyard. It is a fantastic so they, space. They ripped out the the, 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 um, the the brick wall, put in some steps. That's a whole other story. And then we had a mural um, a mural commissioned by the same artist. It was a golden dragon. And it basically it was about a, a story that's either Japanese or Chinese, 3,000-year-old story about a, a, a a koi fish that swims up on try jumps the waterfall after a hundred years or whatever finally jumps the waterfall and the gods turn him into a golden dragon. Oh neat. 
And so this beautiful, wonderful mural, they had to take the trees down and the mural had to go because they couldn't, they had to bring a cherry picker in to take the trees down. Bummer. So, yeah, but in, 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 on the flip side of that, they gave us a, a whole new garden of plants, which we would not have been able to afford to buy, like roses and, and things, and, and another really beautiful mural. And they came in and they, then they did another mural project where they did murals everywhere after they took the trees out. Right. So. What I'm really hearing is that the creation of community and the creation of space where that community can gather has really slowly amplified and grown and I love that because you come about it in such a different way it's not about making profit it's about creating space it's about creating community it's about growth and education and then that kind of leads us to the L in the appeals which is licensing and contracts and I always touch on this because I think artists are so scared of licensing and contracts Mm -hmm. they're afraid that if they ask somebody to sign a contract that they won't make the sale or if it's a contract they're afraid that they won't understand the terms mm-hmm. and so i always ask people what contracts do you use what do you have in place that you find to be really necessary what do you maybe find that hasn't been necessary for you and what are the things that you would you know encourage people to understand in just plain english well, I would say, first of all, like I said about when we started out, this place started out as a handshake. Yeah. Um, we all, the original members did sign leases, but it was a handshake of a promise that I wanted this building held for us to give me a shot at getting enough people together to pay the rent. Yeah. So that was, that's the old way of doing something. You yeah. shake somebody's hand and you trust them. Yeah. So right now we're working on um, artist contracts for artists to come in and, and also having documentation of, of their inventory, which we don't we've, we've tried to do at different times, not successfully. So that's something else that we have. See, this is where we are in our evolution. We're starting to see, oh, we need to know, like, if someone can give us like a month's notice, that gives us a chance. And we, we verbally have a contract when people come in, but... You can't hold anybody to anything. And we've been lucky. You know, we haven't really, you know, been hurt by anybody that way. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you have an artist that just kind of, for whatever reason, doesn't show up and you have a wall full of artwork and we really don't have a place to safely store things without damaging it. But they disappear for three months. I mean, hopefully they're okay. But right. if, I mean, we can't, we can't let a space sit, especially if it's a, a $50 space. Yeah. And they're not paying their rent. And they're not paying their rent. We can't get a hold of them. How do we, we or at this point, we don't have any terms or, or contract that says we're going to remove your art and we are not responsible for, you know, how it's kept if there's any damage done. Right. And we'll do our best to make sure that it's not damaged, but right. you know. Yeah, that's so a, you're working on putting contracts in place, and mm-hmm. up to this point, you guys have really been. It's the honor system, yeah. total honor system. Yeah, but it's worked. I mean, for nine it's years, it's worked for amazing. nine years. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. And you've asked artists to kind of keep track of their own art on the walls. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you know, like I said earlier, that's an education. You're helping artists gain experience, and it is an artist's responsibility to track their artwork. Right. And, and we're, we're, we're learning as, as a gallery, because when we started out, we were a bunch of like, you know, outsider 
you know, artists who weren't professional artists who didn't make a living at it. And we had some artists who have a little more experience coming in who are like, you know what? Um, uh, I got this, you know, thing that I kind of know a little bit about and, you know, maybe you might want to try this. Maybe you might want to try that. I'm very much not a business person. Like I got us this far on a handshake and a promise, but now it's like, I have to kind of like, I have to be more open to Mm -hmm. what it means to be, to have that more commercial business aspect of it, which, you know, I'm more of the community people person. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and that leads us to S for success. The last question I always ask people is how do you measure and define success (laughs) for you personally? Because it's different for everyone. And when you define that success, how do you celebrate it when you reach it? Because I know so many artists, we just go, go, go. We, um, we don't stop to give ourselves a pat on the back for what we have done because this is a journey. This is a learning journey. I mean, that's why I started the podcast was to share everything I know because I've been at this for years and I still feel like there's so much to learn. And so if we can help people who are just a couple steps behind us, that's what I want to do. So how do you measure success? And how do you celebrate it when you hit a milestone? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, being here for me, the, the first, the first thing that I think of right now is that we, we made it to the place where we can actually begin. Cause I really feel like now that the neighborhood's full, even in the pandemic, even though some of the businesses are struggling to get back open, for example, the cigar shop, I don't know if he has any product right now because of the Dominican Republic where he got his cigars from. I imagine oh, they're hit pretty darn hard right now. I never thought about that. Yeah, so I don't think he's got any cigars to right, sell. Right. So but he has to it try to maintain his space. Right. Uh or to hold on to the space because I mean once you're down here and you get your space and you get it set up, they put a lot of money into it, like this giant humidor and everything. I mean Right, right. So it's an investment. It's an investment and because the neighborhood is a, is a draw now. Um, so I would say that part of the success is, is, is remaining open and viable and having, having the, the chance to having people speak up and say, you know what, this is what I need and I really need it bad. And okay, let's talk about it and having people stay and having people feel respected. And that doesn't always happen, you know? And so Sometimes, sometimes people feel like their voices aren't heard or there's a, a personality conflict or something else might happen. There's so many things that go, that, that there's so many ups and downs to working so personally with people. When you're, when you're working as a business person, there's like an impersonality to it. Yeah. But when you're working in a collective or in a community like this, there's, there's, there's more of a, of a there's more of a chance that, that you'll have disagreements and that people will take it personally because it is personal. Yeah. You know, when you're part of the collective and, and it's, you know, so I would define success as everybody that I'm dealing with, it feels happy, you Mm. know, and that, you know, they're making their money. If that's what they do, what they want to do is they want to make their money. They're making their money. If what they want to do is 
have their work hanging on the wall because they've never seen their work and they can say, come to this place, my friends, and see my work in a real gallery, if that's what makes them happy. And, and that's, so my, my sense of success comes from, from meeting the challenges along the path and hopefully keeping us all together and keeping us going, you know, keeping us, keeping, keeping on, staying here, being here, yeah, remaining here, continuing to grow. Um, keep for me right now, um, having an open mind, you know, right to, 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 to change, yeah. um, to new things. It's been hard for me, um, because yeah. I have a certain, I, I, as the founder, I had a certain vision, right? I have to adjust my vision now to meet the vision that the whole neighborhood is saying, this is who we are and what we want to do. And the gallery, the people in the gallery, the members are saying, this is who we are, and what we want to do. Right. And I want to make sure that people know that I hear them. Well, you know, it's interesting, Heather, because in a way, this was your baby. Yes. But babies grow up into children. Yes. <laughs> and then into teenagers. Yes. And they have their own ideas and they have their own interests. Yes. Yes. And you have to be flexible. I'm discovering that myself. Oh, my that, gosh. Yes. You know, when their babies are so malleable and you can you know, put them in their playpen and they stay put. Right. But uh, as they get to be kids, you have to let them go and you have to let them. And there have been people throughout the those nine years who have had different ideas about, you know, making the business more formal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been, it's been really hard for me to like, finally, like get to a place where I'm like, you know what, you now I'm hearing this, the same thing people have been telling me for years, practically, I'm sure, you know, you're, I'm finally like getting it like, oh, yeah, you know, people are going to leave if they don't sell their work, or if they don't see us trying to promote their work, or if we don't come up with some sort of like, you know, some sort of like plan to try to sell their work, you know, well, that we that's don't what you call a marketing. Plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So something as simple as that, but that's something that, you know, I, I, we are learning as a collective. And you know what? I've been learning that myself. Mm-hmm. Like I've really been getting into marketing lately and it just takes, it, it, it takes a natural progression mm-hmm. for your head to come to this space where you kind of, have to read something over and over and over again, mm-hmm. I think. And you have to be ready for it. You have to be receptive to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's hard. Marketing is not, it's not easy. It's certainly, I don't think, easy for artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of artists, and myself included, I feel a little bit sleazy when I market. And so you have to learn to reframe it. Like, I've been trying to learn to reframe my perception of marketing as networking, as right. making friends. Right. And, you know, and reframe that in a way that is doesn't feel yucky to me. And I think you're coming to that space as well. And I think it is a sign of growth. And mm-hmm. it is a sign of success to acknowledge, okay, here's the space I'm at. Here's the way I have evolved. And that's okay. And you guys have done an amazing job with this gallery. I love this different take. This, this community-based uh, growth of this whole neighborhood. It's, it, you know, I grew up in York, and I've always seen it as this dead uh, industrial town. And to see it alive and vibrant again is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And you've been part of that. So yeah. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. My pleasure. I remember, it, it just as a quick, the, the Agricultural Museum down by the, 
the railroad tracks by the river by where York High is was an abandoned building for so long. Yeah. And my younger sister and I used to go into these abandoned warehouse buildings and just like adventure, like discover like, oh, I know. like we... the huge pieces of machinery that were left in there and like looking in things and trying to figure out how they worked and, <laughs> you know, wondering Perfect. like, who are, are we going to see? Any... We weren't even scared. Like no. somebody was going to be hiding in there, but we were just wandering around these Who's vacant the, buildings. Um, the old abandoned um, York prison when i was like, yes yes completely yeah oh my god that was before urban exploration was yeah. trendy yeah you know, photographing <laughs> these abandoned places but it was just something that the kids did because they that was like our <laughs> playground was like the city like going right? into abandoned buildings right and, and learning about yeah just what's around the corner it was just fun right right well i want to thank you so much for being on the podcast thank and you i will put videos of the gallery, of the murals, of the artwork um, on the podcast. And you got to send me your logo and anything else you want me to include. Oh, you're making a face. Well, <laughs> logo is what we're working on right now. I can um, give you our, our, our website. Oh, perfect. Um, perfect. So people can look, look us there. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we have a Twitter account, a website, mm -hmm. uh a Facebook page and then Instagram. So we we just started all of this. Well, Facebook right. has been around a while, but yeah. Yeah, but really, they should just come. They should yeah, come to the absolutely. Because it's um, about community. Yeah, and we try to we try to um we 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 provide on on our our, our um website a, a little bit of a virtual gallery. We're we're still working on our website. Right. But um, having like a virtual gallery, you can't really get a feel for this gallery unless you actually come here. It's yeah. more than, it's not a, your normal brick and mortar kind of like, well, you know, I'll go online and isn't this cool. I mean, the, the, and it, it's true for this whole area. It's yeah. like being here is, 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 an, is, is a, an experience. It is. And you can't get that from the no. computer. Well, thank you for this experience. And give us the address if you want to visit. It's, um, if you want to visit, it's uh, um, Kings Courtyard Artist Collective. It's uh, www.kingscourtyardgallery.com. There's a Google Maps on there. 124 East King Street, first floor, York, PA, 17401 for your little mm -hmm. thing that you put on the dash. I don't even know what it's called. The geolocator thing or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> well, it's down on King Street in New York. And it's, and it's near great. Clepper's Key Shop, right across the street. And Clepper's Key Shop has been here for like 150 years or something. I don't know. They've been there forever. So Right. And well, now there's a whole bunch of galleries and restaurants it's, all it's around. Great. Too, yeah, it's great. So. Yeah, it's a fantastic place to to spend the, the, at least one day you can't see it all in one day but yeah it's it's a great place very cool thank you heather thank you very much erin thank you do you want to learn how to make money with your art but you're a little bit pressed for time and you don't have time to listen to every single episode well we've made a free download for you at how to make money with your art.com you can get your free download and it includes the top four things you need to do today to start making money with your art so if you want to learn how to make money with your art but you're pressed for time get the free download over at how to make money with your art.com all one word no spaces all spelled out that's how to make money with your art.com get your free download now.